0: This week on episode 471 of Priority One, we trek out San Diego's virtual Comic-Con, including Discovery's Hope, Lower Decks Clips, Progress on Strange New Worlds, and Peace Do.
1: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.
0: Command codes verified.
2: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 471 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, July 28th, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, July 31st at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. I'm Tony. And in the audio booth is our chief engineer, Skiffy. Hello, guys. How are you today? Can't complain, Skiffy. You know what I did this weekend? I played Pokemon Go Fest all weekend long. Oh, how was it? You know, it, it, it wasn't bad for being on lockdown, right? So normally with Pokemon Go Fest, you know, they have these little regional events that happen in major cities around the world. But because of the pandemic, they had to get a little bit creative, and you could still participate in a storyline event both days. It was one storyline each day. And I have to admit, I had, I had a really good time. I caught myself a Shadow Mewtwo. But anyway, this is a Star Trek podcast. So you don't have to dig too deep. But if you're interested in being my friend in Pokemon Go, reach out to me. How about you guys? You guys do anything fun
0: over the weekend? I'm not nearly as much as you. my weekend paled in comparison.
2: Gotta catch up
0: Well, before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in on the weekly conversations, whether via social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash priority1podcast or Twitter or Instagram at priority1pod or by email to incoming at priority1podcast.com.
2: Captains, this is the part of the show where we talk to you about Patreon, a way of supporting the ongoing production of of this podcast from month to month. You see, over at Patreon, we offer exclusive bonus content to our listeners that do support Priority One. So, check us out over at patreon.com forward slash Priority One.
0: Giving up your hard-earned money to a podcast is a big ask, and we understand that. If you've ever wondered, Priority One is a community podcast produced by volunteers with a passion for Star Trek. So, even if you can't make a financial contribution to help us cover the cost of production, there are other ways you can help.
3: One way to support us is to join the Team, We're looking for new volunteers to join the production. Specifically, we're looking for audio and video editors. For more information, visit PriorityOnePodcast.com or email us. That address is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
1: Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek
2: multiverse.
3: Join, please, I don't uh, know.
4: Then let's check it out.
2: What a strange year. 2020 has been the us and iran almost started world war three let me rephrase that the president and iran almost started world war three let me rephrase that again drumpf and iran almost started world war three there's a global pandemic giant murderous hornets aptly named murder hornets all of these things were big news well until they weren't Civil unrest, an economic roller coaster, an oily island that drives men mad, social distancing. It's a lot of wild stuff. So, in this weird and wild world of social distancing and goatees for all, what of convention season? You may be surprised to learn conventions have, in fact, continued. Well, sort of. While some promoters have postponed their events until smack-dab in the middle of the predicted second wave of (laughs) COVID-19 creation, (laughs) others have decided to take their stage digitally, including, arguably, the biggest geek con in the world, San Diego Comic-Con. See this last week, the mega event streamed its much-anticipated panels via the internet, teasing fans everywhere with what's to come in their favorite fictional universes. And Viacom CBS's Star Trek set the pace. On Thursday, July 23rd, the showrunners and stars of Star Trek's newest offerings pulled up their favorite chair and shared thoughts about what has happened and what's to come in their respective Star Trek offerings, of course. So it's time to cover SDCC 2020 a little differently than we might have done in previous years.
0: It seems only apt that we cover Star Trek's first new Trek offering, Star Trek Discovery, at the beginning here. Before the Q&A, Discovery showrunner Michelle Paradise led executive producer, director Olatunde Osun Sanmi and the cast of Discovery Season 2, including most of the bridge crew, as well as Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romaine in a table read of Discovery Season 2's finale, Such Sweet Sorrow Part 2. The read was edited, so it played very tightly, and was interspersed with early special effects layouts and storyboards of some of the action sequences. It was a fun introduction, to be sure, and it was great to see the acting chops of the cast sans costumes, sets, and makeup. What about Trek Nuggets? Oh, oh, there were Trek Nuggets. Series lead Sonequa Martin-Green painted a clear picture of the crews and Michael Burnham's motivations for season three, saying, quote,
4: Well, first, a uh, salvation of sorts we the crew of Star Trek Discovery in the finale are deciding to sacrifice everything that we have for the future and so there's the obvious hope that the plan works and even logistically that we land where we're supposed to that we defeat control that we save the world and save the universe so there's the inherent hope of that and then I think there's also a hope of continuing to discover myself as Burnham that'll always be there that hope of continual unveiling and finding that perfect, sweet, sweet balance between all the forces that wage within me.
0: According to screen legend Michelle Yeoh, Captain slash Empress slash Agent Georgiou may not share in that hopefulness at least initially, saying quote
2: Into season three, I think she's really pissed off. It's like, Michael Burnham, don't get in my way. Emperor Jojo, Captain Jojo, she is one
4: that always finds her way into adapting because she is a survivor with many skills and a formidable ally or an enemy. So she goes in there
3: being very pissed off, but then I'm sure very quickly she'll find her way around. And power is something that she has. She doesn't even seek it. She just has it.
0: End quote. While the Q&A was interesting, revealing a possible return of more Kelpians and verification of a stronger romance between Stamets and Culber, possibly the biggest Discovery Season 3 news dropped a few days after the panel. On July 27th, the team released a short video of Burnham holding a tattered Federation flag, which ended with a panel that read, Star Trek Discovery, new season, drumroll please, October 15th, we have the release date. Be sure to check out the show notes and watch the panel, catch an extended look at the table read, and see the premiere announcement.
3: That's very exciting. At least we are getting discovery at some point that they've announced. (laughs) Yay! I watched the uh, the panel,
2: and honestly, the table read was kind of... Drab. Um, I'm not really a fan of table reads during a con, unless it's a table read of something we have not yet seen. So it was, you know, interesting. I feel like Anson Mount, if you watch him, he doesn't really feel like he's in character. It's almost as if though he's just plainly w- reading. But ultimately, there was really nothing from the Discovery discussion that was mind-blowing
0: They're, they can't give away too much they need to keep it fresh uh i did sort of see some tweets earlier today that 23 weeks in a row of new star trek you know that's the between the discovery uh and lower decks seasons you, you know, should have 23 weeks of programming i maybe that'll be consecutive but i kind of doubt it because usually there's a hiatus in the middle of the season for discovery at least so they need to keep it under wraps uh, to keep people subscribed to CBS All Access, so I wouldn't expect too many more spoilers. Though I am curious about how much of that uh, whole uh, Short Trek's Calypso thing is going to be showcased
3: in this. That's interesting. I really did like that Short Trek. Oh, but there's breaking news that Sonequa Martin Green gave birth on July 19th to a baby girl. She posted a picture today on oh. Twitter. well. Oh, congrats congratulations. To so congrats to her. Well,
0: that's nice. Yeah. But uh, the, that Federation flag-waving thing, the Federation flag only had three stars on it, which looks like that I think that was uh, that's kind of the hint at you know the foreshadowing breakdown of the Federation yeah the breakdown of the Federation that they had in Calypso so so I wonder how much of that's going to end up in there too
3: ending the Star Trek universe panel but coming in number two here on priority one was the cast of Star Trek Picard frankly very little was said about the upcoming season I mean I guess you wouldn't be surprised and it was in large part rehashing of everything we've already talked about On past episodes the cast was in awe of Sir Patrick it was nice for the next generation alum to reunite both Sir Patrick and Brent Spiner were reluctant to return to the roles etc etc as always though it's fun to watch the banter and admiration of the cast and Sir Patrick even earned a couple of new nicknames SPS and P-Stew
0: I would reject that nickname if I were him it felt weird reading (laughs) it in the open I don't like listening to it now it's almost as bad as JL.
3: I just see Stewie Griffin as Patrick That's Stewart.
2: That's way worse than JL. <laughs> he prefers Peace Stew, though. Oh my god, no. It.
1: no. it would sound okay with like a Family Guy, uh, Stewie accent. Peace Stew? Oh,
3: oh <laughs> I know, exactly.
1: Skiffy, how dare you?
3: Despite the lack of new information coming from the virtual panel, there was some fun news that came a few days before the convention. Star Trek Picard is getting a physical medium release. Announced on July 21st, Picard's premiere season will be available on DVD, Blu-ray, and limited edition Steelbook on October 6th. Included in the release will be the first season, documentaries, commentary, deleted scenes, and the short Trek Children of Mars. At the time of this writing, the DVD can be pre-ordered for $37.34 US and the Blu-ray for $47.99 US dollars at Amazon.com.
0: First of all, $37.34, that's a very odd price.
3: Very strange. Oh, Amazon. Maybe they're getting a... Crazy bargain
1: bin prices.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Where's my Columbia House order? I have 12 CDs coming (laughs) for 99 cents.
0: Uh, Oh, no. We were talking before the show about how we can all say the aughts with a straight face. and uh, Kat, you just dated us even worse than that. Columbia House.
2: For the record... I never ordered a CD from, Cole yeah, but you know what it I is. It, like, you get the I did joke. it like six times. I'm the baby. I'm the baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. He, he gets it. He got it. He understood the reference. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: exactly. He
0: awesome.
2: Because <laughs> yeah. my mom got. Oh my god!
3: <laughs> Shut up, Elliot. <William. laughs>
0: I did see uh, that the uh, "For Your Consideration" campaign CBS put on for Picard was 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 fairly successful in the realm of makeup artistry and hair hairstyle design.
2: It got the nomination. It didn't just get. Oh, I thought you said "For Your Consideration." I thought you were.
0: No, no, I'm saying it was successful. I don't know if they were going for hairstyle design as one of the one of the things that they were looking for, but they got it. It amuses me because, of course, the main character is is very bald. So I just thought that was like may not have been the intention, but hey, you know that's. Uh, yeah. It's an achievement. But it was the most reflective
1: bald you've ever seen in your life. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Take a chroma key off of it.
2: It is disappointing that they didn't get anything for performance, at least Discovery and Anson Mount's performance of of Christopher Pike. I think that, that Anson Mount deserved a nomination. Patrick Stewart as Picard, I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't remember walking away going, wow, what an amazing performance. You know, which I feel is blasphemous.
3: I thought Marina Sirtis. Yeah, I thought there's some other folks that could have been recognized. Marina Sirtis in her episode was amazing.
1: I thought her daughter did a good job as a, as far as. Um, Child actresses.
3: Oh yeah, the girl. Yeah, she's great. But I agree, kind of with where you're going with that, Elio.
0: As we mentioned in our first story, the upcoming Strange New Worlds leads joined the Discovery cast for a table read and Q and A. As expected, they discussed how Discovery's second season adventure would affect their characters in the upcoming series. But we'll get back to that. Leading into the table read, Star Trek's meta captains Alex Kurtzman and Heather Caden delivered a bit of excitement in introducing Strange New Worlds. Kurtzman revealed that the team was working on the series as far back as last. San Diego Comic-Con, saying, quote, Obviously, we heard the fans. I really wanted to tell everybody
1: about it last Comic-Con. People were poking around and asking questions, and we couldn't say anything. But we were already having real active conversations at that point.
0: Kurtzman then gave some progress on where Strange New Worlds was, production-wise, telling moderator Dominic Patton, The room has started.
1: There are ten stories broken, which is very exciting.
0: And they're just sort of at the beginning, but it was one of those shows that I think Everybody came in with such enthusiasm so much love. Meanwhile, back at the panel... The trio of Mount, Peck, and Romain discussed Discovery's effect on their upcoming roles. Mount most notably said of Pike going forward, quote...
2: The biggest thing, obviously, was seeing my future. And when you see how it's all going to end and uh, that it's not so pretty, you know, what do you do with that? I think there's a reason that we can only see our past because we're a very neurotic species and uh, we wouldn't know how to comport ourselves. And so I think ultimately the question comes, how do you move forward? And then I think he's probably gonna wrestle with how he can best
1: utilize the rest of his life for the good of the world, the universe. He's not thinking about it as a team yet because he's wrestling with it himself, which I hope he's gonna learn to wrestle, let other people
0: help him wrestle with What interests me here is that this is maybe a good thing for Strange New Worlds, is because they can't. The show can't last forever. There has to be an end, and the end, of course, on the one hand is uh, you know Pike getting injured, but on the other hand, it could be Kirk taking over the Enterprise. So this this is a show with an expiration date, and I think good shows do that. They know that they're going to be going for three or four years. The sh- the series itself may be episodic, but they know they're going to have to have a beginning and a middle and an end. So I think that 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 could introduce uh, some pressures and some dynamics in the writer's room that might help keep it moving and keep it interesting.
2: And I don't particularly mind that, right? It's for Star Trek and specifically this story, right? Or a story like the Stargazer that, that, that Tony, you should.
0: I should write a spec. I should write a spec. Yeah, I really should.
2: What attracts me to that is that we know key points in Star Trek history, right? We know when Kirk took over the, the Star Date. We know when Picard took over the Enterprise. We know these things, right? But but there are moments before that that have never been portrayed on television, right? And so I know that there's a lot of grumblings about, "Oh, why can't we just go into the future tell a different story? Why do we have to keep revisiting these things?" I would argue that we haven't spent A lot of time on these things sure if you read some of the novels you know they paint a nice pretty picture arguably are they canon technically not they weren't on film from our understanding of canon so i don't mind these particular backstory arcs that that kind of fill in gaps and tell us a different story honestly One of the things that attracted me to some of the fan productions out there that were in development and have now ceased for the most part is that they were going to tell a story that that Star Trek Online, for instance, does really well. They take a moment from Star Trek lore and then they expand on it and they tell a deeper story and they fill in the gaps. It's not like the JJ-verse where they just do a blatant reboot and don't get creative necessarily in introducing new characters and new stories. Instead, they're just kind of rehashing the old.
0: Instead, they rewrite Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, except terrible. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: right.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, the only redeeming thing about that was Benedict Cumberbatch.
2: Shall we begin? <laughs>
3: Finally, the panel covered Star Trek Animation. The Star Trek Lower Decks panel was moderated by series creator and showrunner Mike McMahon and it started with a clip. It begins, much like the teaser, with Boimler's Captain's Log being interrupted by the loud and spunky Ensign Mariner, who turns out to be celebrating shore leave with a bit of libation. The comedy is cartoony, but with a Star Trek backdrop. After the clip, we're introduced to the voice talent, each describing their characters, what they love about the show, and a bleep-ridden segment that Tunes out the spoilers, they're spilling. We'll link some of the new stills released this weekend in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. But we said the panel covered Star Trek animation, not Star Trek Lower Decks. So, what does that mean? Well, we finally know a bit about the upcoming Nickelodeon series. After Kurtzman discussed Strange New Worlds, Caden talked a bit about the new animated project Prodigy. In an announcement on StarTrek.com, quote, Nickelodeon and CBS Television Studios today officially revealed the title and logo for its all-new animated series Star Trek Prodigy, which follows a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and use it to search for adventure, meaning, and salvation. End quote. The show is vaguely expected in 2021.
0: So, uh, one thing that was in the quote that we cut for time was that the guys that ran Troll hunters which is a very fun uh, series I think DreamWorks did, if that's the kind of show they're going for, I think I think kids are going to like it. Uh, and I think adults are going to enjoy it, too, because I, I, I watched several episodes when my daughter was watching it, and I thought it was a fun show.
1: I like the premises. It's not a Federation show. It's lawless teens that discover a Federation chip. I think that's... Uh... That's great for entertainment.
2: I'll certainly watch it, but we cannot overlook the extended trailer and clip of Lower Decks. I don't know. The more I see of the show, the more concerned I am that it's going to end up being the Rick and Morty spinoff kind of thing. Whatever was on Hulu, that one show that was on Hulu that we've talked about before. Solar Opposites, yes, thank you. If you watch the clip, she ends up slicing through his leg with a Batleth, which, you know, like... It's kind of funny, but I don't know. It's just it's it's a kind of humor that I don't know is going to be as smart as Rick and Morty.
1: Oh yeah, it's about as uh, funny as when Data pushed Beverly into the ocean.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that gets a <laughs> laugh, right? Data, that was
1: not funny. <laughs> like I, I, no, yeah.
2: I just I'm a little I don't know I don't know how I feel about it. I you know of course I hold reservations until I watch the series, but I am a little concerned that it's not going to be as smart as we hope it's going to be.
0: That leads us to our first community question... What was your favorite news to come out of the San Diego Comic-Con at home? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at Priority One Podcast, or by replying to the community question post on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
2: The leadership, cast, and crew of Star Trek spent a good deal of time talking about Star Trek's importance and what makes it relevant today. Inclusion, respect, equality. Prior to the Discovery panel, Sonequa Martin-Green announced an important message, saying...
4: We're here together today to support an organization known as the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. It is America's premier legal organization fighting for racial justice. It is the country's first and foremost civil and human rights law firm. It was actually founded in 1940 by Thurgood Marshall, who subsequently became the first African-American U.S. Supreme Court Justice. The LDF's mission is to achieve racial justice, equality, and an inclusive society. And it's been fighting tirelessly for nearly 80 years in political participation and education, equity, economic justice, and criminal justice reform. So it's really, really an honor to support this organization. We stand by the truth that Black Lives Matter. This moment and this movement will be forever remembered, and change is now. If you would like to get involved by supporting the enduringly impactful NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, please go to naacpldf.org forward slash Star Trek United and donate today.
2: You see, I think it's very important that actors and civilians, anybody, take an active role in supporting equality and social justice. You don't have to be a political scientist. You don't have to have any form of education to have a heart and to understand and see injustices as they happen, when they happen. And you also don't need any sort of education to do something about it. If you don't have money, then perhaps donate your time or your platform. If you don't have time, but you have the funds, then consider contributing. And if you can reach the masses, companies, people, downright to podcasters all should do something to make sure that we continue to move forward towards the future that gene roddenberry wanted
3: this week in track history to the outside world it was july 28th 1965 but on a soundstage in culver city it was stardate 1313.8 where No Man Has Gone Before, the original Star Trek second pilot episode finished principal filming as Captain James T. Kirk buried a new god under a phaser-triggered rockslide slide on the surface of Delta Vega. Presumably, he had time to put a clean, unripped shirt on before producer Lucille Ball's wrap party. The people of Earth would first see Kirk's friendship with Gary Mitchell come to its tragic end over a year later when where No Man Has Gone Before hit terrestrial airwaves the following September.
0: Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message.
2: I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captains, still no word from Cryptic Studios, even though... All through San Diego Comic-Con's Star Trek presentations, there was a very clear call to action from Star Trek actors and others to support equal rights and equality. So while we wait, here's some news from other Star Trek games.
0: Some secrets should never be known, some life should never be sought out, and some organisms shouldn't be spliced with human DNA and turned into the most horrifying breakfast cereal of all time, Lieutenant. Section 31, the Borg, and the Klingon Empire are punting all ideas of ethical scientific research out the airlock in Star Trek Timelines impending, no trouble at all, faction event. Kicking off on July 30th and running through August 3rd, the event will feature the new five-star Technician Fisher from the original NCC-1701 as its ranked reward. Event crew includes last week's five-star faction reward, Dr. Edward LaForge, new five-star Mother Horta, and the scourge of the Cabot himself, the four-star Edward Idiot Larkin. It is the official position of Priority One Productions that Lieutenant Larkin and the Mother Horta must be kept as far away from each other as our understanding of space-time allows.
2: The command track in Starfleet can take you to very interesting places. You might become best friends with a neural parasite, a smear on the side of a Borg cube, or... Patriarch of the Arakawa Yakuza clan. Probably not all at once though. On July 22nd, the Reno Gazette Journal published an interview with 83-year-old actor, activist, and Star Trek icon George Takei about his voice acting role as criminal patriarch Masumi Arakawa in the upcoming Yakuza Like a Dragon video game. Takei explains that his motivation for the role comes from his fascination with modern Yakuza culture and its samurai roots, saying, quote, Here's this man who, at his core, is a decent human being, who lives with that culture and expects that same kind of fidelity. Some aspects demand inhumane fidelity to that code, and it's a shared understanding, end quote. McKay also talks about his early life as a Japanese-American in the midst of World War II, and how his admiration for the Benshi narrators of silent film led to his career in voice acting, theater, and far beyond the stars. Yakuza Like a Dragon will be available for Xbox One, PS4, and Windows PCs this November.
3: Are you feeling let down by the inferior minds of Spock, Data, Reginald Barclay, and their intellect-limiting three-dimensional chess? Bored with the Aldebaran Exchange and the Krisskopf Gambit, well, then maybe the new 5D chess with multiverse time travel would be more challenging. The new game, released on Steam by developer ThunkSpace, might not be a part of Star Trek, but somehow we think Star Trek's great minds would approve. The rules for this brain-breaking chess variation begin from the standard chess rules and standard chess board. Then you introduce the ability to time travel your pieces, creating a multiverse timeline of alternate boards and things get crazy. We're talking enough temporal mechanics here to drive Miles O'Brien to distraction. They even introduce a couple of new pieces entirely dedicated to time travel movement, the unicorn and the dragon. Read some of the Steam reviews of the game and it feels like Q himself might find this game worthy. For example, one top review reads, quote, I was playing a game against a human opponent online, and at one point they sent a queen back in time from one of the ten timelines they currently play in to put five of my past kings into check at once. I sent one of my own pieces even further back to stall, and they proceeded to send one of their queens back to the start of the game to try and beat me before I even got to that point. End quote. Captains, if you're curious, check it out on Steam now. That my, sounds crazy. <laughs> my brain hurts just
0: listening to that quote.
3: Know, oh my oh god! My. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Indie. Wow. Five D chess. I mean, I, want to try I suck that. at
2: one D,
0: I
3: know. One I can't even play real chess. chess. Well, see, well, that's your
0: problem. If that real chess is two dimensional. That could be that could be your problem. There's, right. a, there's oh, that, the there cross and the up it. and down. I, have, <laughs> man,
2: you know, I don't live in three dimensional space. <laughs> I have a um, just a. I have Flat an iPhone
1: dimension. game called Really Bad Chess. Uh, it's by an app developer that makes a lot of really awesome games, and it's uh, like it breaks all the rules. Like you can do a smaller chessboard, or you can undo moves, or you can move the pieces in weird ways that are not normally allowed. And it's a lot of fun. I I, I really want to try this.
2: Well, that wraps up all the news in the world of gaming for Star Trek. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming.
3: Message coming in, sir. Hailing Frequencies, open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, Hailing Frequencies are now open and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages.
2: Last week, our community question was, who would be your choice to play a young Picard?
0: From Twitter, our very own audio editor, Brandon Parker, wrote, for Picard, what about Topher Grace? He seems like a good candidate for the role. I can, yeah, but he just seems a little too wide-eyed and like, you know, like, I don't know.
2: Oh, you know what? You should. Uh, holy crap! Speaking of Topher Grace, you should see the episode of The Twilight Zone that he's in. It is a side of Topher Grace that I have never seen before. A remarkable performance. You've
0: got to. So it's his. Got to watch that It's his stargazer episode of the audition Zone. tape, is what you're telling me.
2: No, it's not. It's not that kind of science fiction. He he plays. I don't want to ruin it. Just go watch that episode of, of The Twilight Zone with him in it. He just does a remarkable, remarkable performance. And I, at first, I had a really hard time identifying him. Like, he, I couldn't recognize him. He was incredibly handsome in the episode, like an adult. Like, he actually looked like a male adult. And I was like, wow, Topher, wow, good for you, man. Yeah.
3: Last time I saw you, you were on that 70s show, <laughs> like, a long time ago in the aughts.
0: <laughs> he, he had that cameo in Ocean's Eleven, which I, I think was, like... Like Is his, like his peak. I, I, that uh, that Cabby Notions loving where, where Brad Pitts teach him how to play poker.
3: Oh, I love that. Oh, I, oh, remember oh, that. Red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> also from Twitter, Ken from Chicago replied there can be only one choice for young Picard, the number one choice, James McAvoy.
2: On Instagram, both Solient Blue and For Cabezas Lucha agreed that McAvoy was the only choice.
0: And on Facebook, Jeremy Thornburg answered, "McAvoy would be my first choice to be honest. After seeing him in the uniform, I can't see anyone else playing a young Picard unless they got Tom Hardy to reprise the role as he played the clone version in Nemesis. So, uh, excellent Photoshop work by I think it was Henry. Henry put McAvoy's head on Picard's body from uh, Tapestry when he was in the ensign uniform. Uh, so I think uh, I think we give credit to Mr. Pomper uh, or to, for 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 visual. I mean, he yeah, had visualization come to life for uh, for Jeremy.
2: I did see." Another one floating around social media of his head on—I guess it must have been Riker. So it was in the Admiral uniform from the Picard. Oh, I saw that.
3: I saw that one too. Yeah, that one—that
2: one didn't move me.
0: It wouldn't be that uniform. It would be the monster maroon.
2: Oh, right, right, right. If it went back in time, that's right. That's right. Well, that wraps up episode four hundred and seventy-one of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great episodes available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then, be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends.
3: But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley and Peter Archibald.
2: And of course, here's a reminder of our community questions for this week. What was your favorite news to come out of the San Diego Comic-Con at Home Star Trek panel?
0: Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Priority One Pod.
3: And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, Anthony, me, plus the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcast live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community, including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit Priority PriorityOneArmada.com.
2: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Find out more and add your support for some extra bonuses exclusive to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Now, even if you cannot make a financial contribution, don't forget that we are looking for volunteers to join the team, specifically audio editors and video editors. For more information, or if you're interested, reach out to us at incoming at podcast.com or hit us up on social media.
0: Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets.
2: Thanks to our audio editors including Gray, William, Brandon, Rand, Daniel, Daniel, roscoe and skiffy thanks to our producer jake morgan and associate producer shane hoover with support from thomas of the priority one armada together they organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the star trek multiverse thanks to our social media manager anthony cox thanks to our graphic artist henry pomper with support from jason smith of the priority one armada thanks to the composer of our theme music chris watts but most importantly a big thanks to you the star trek community our listeners because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
3: Enemy ship on sensors.
0: Red alert. Ready weapons.
2: Engage. Engage.
0: Complete. End quote. Meanwhile, back at the panel, Batman sound clip goes here. <laughs> the trio of Mount, Peck, and... Wait, can you... You, you, you want to me to do a them. little, a little like, more? Was... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you, wait you, you, I was you, here. You, you want me to you, go you here.
2: hesitated. You held okay, back Okay, all right, bit. so... You held back and now you need me to bring it.
0: You need me to bring it now. Okay, all right, here we go, here we go.
2: Bring it to this. Bring it back, bring us back bring to it your job.
0: <laughs> smart. Actually, Saturday morning, yeah, they were doing they did Batman reruns Saturday morning sometimes.
3: <laughs> I didn't remember, okay. sleep. Right.
2: Now we're just updating them with fancy graphics and, you know, handsome and beautiful actors and blah, 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 explosions, lens
0: flare. We don't want that. Not my <laughs> Star Trek. Neither handsome nor beautiful. Thank you very much.
2: Not to say that nobody from the original <laughs> series was hands. <laughs> I should rephrase that. <laughs> Lied.
0: Oh, the, uh, the, there actually is a period at the end of point eight.
3: Oh, look at that!
0: So you, could, you, All could right. start, you could start there with no one's going to Still a long sentence.
3: Where no man has gone before, the original Star Trek second pilot episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I
0: think I see the problem. You keep drinking that beer. I think that's. I think yeah. I see the problem now. I, th- I think that's I see. I'm gonna, gonna get us copyright. Oh, for okay. Sure. okay all right. <laughs> 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 there you go. Thanks, Skippy. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. That's pretty short. That's a short clip. That's a short clip